1: Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun
2: if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll
1: start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sibling son? Fuck apart! Fuck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080 The Fan. What's happening in Portland? Mike Lynch is gone. I
0: am pretty sure you knew that wasn't Lynch's voice as-, as soon as we started especially if you listen all the time. Lynch is in Jersey again. I uh, is he in Jersey? Is he? I oh, know he said Oh th- don't know is he in Jersey? I thought he went to
2: the beach. You know, he went to the uh, beach. Tomatoes, he was talking tomatoes. He was he was talking on on primetime about how he had to fight the beach traffic after uh, the show.
1: Is that on where Friday. he's going to the
2: beach? I yeah. thought he was going to Jersey. No, went to the beach, and he's uh, partying, apparently, with his Jersey— or No, not his Jersey family. His a uh, Minnesota family. Oh, so his wife's mm-hmm. family. Oh, okay, so mm-hmm. that's how much Lynch
0: and I talk. Uh, yeah. We well, see each other on Sunday. How's it going, bro? I, I
2: I only know Lynch through the show most of the time because I don't see him either. I see him on Sundays. And so, Lynch is a busy
0: know. dude. Like, when, I'm, when, I'm, when we have—when he has time to kick it, you know, I don't, and, you know, he's usually working between 3 and 7, so— not a whole whole lot of time to really be able. To, and he's married and lives in like Beaverton. I live in the numbers. Like we just, you know, that's not our relationship all the way. Although we do hang out like that. So, just not as often, especially now that he's married, man. So well, when
2: you become that's an happens. adult, well, that's multiple jobs, You're married and you, oh, you know. Yeah. Those
0: all connection to your to your guy friends. It just kind of happens, man.
2: Yeah. yeah. It, it becomes your own own little world. He, well, no. he he's going to have fun. He says that they they like to drink, apparently. So he's Lynch gonna get his drink, to drink on.
0: He's a, he's a big dude. He's kind of a lightweight, though. Yeah. You know, for you would think for as big as Lynch is, he he'd be able to handle it much much better. Lynch is kind of a you know kind of a lightweight, low key. Don't tell anybody I said that, except for the people that are listening right now. What's going on, guys? Uh, my name is Rashad Taylor. This is Sports Sunday, sans Mike Lynch. Uh, you can interact with us all day. Get us on the uh, Bridgeport Beers text line, 55305, or you can interact with us on Twitter. I'm at TaylorMade503. Jesse's at Jesse Osman, A S Z M A N. just in case it's a little harder for some of you guys to really understand If I sound like Urkel right now, it's because my allergies are kicking my ass, and this it's not even... Not even close right now. Like, they they keep knocking me down. Like, I came in here, and I looked like an alcoholic because my eyes were just bloodshot red and pink, and it was just super, super terrible. Not pink eye, but still incredibly, <laughs> incredibly painful, man. And then nose is all stuffed up. I had, like, a, a sneezing attack on the way in, so hopefully I don't go too, too bad on air. But, yeah, these allergies aren't cool. I was good. I was out in the sun all day yesterday. It was It was cool. I didn't sneeze one time. I was all good. Today, woke up, not cool. And if anybody, I'm supposed to be cleared and clear right now, but that hasn't kicked in just yet. So I'm hoping over the next uh, 15 to 20, it, it kind of kicks in and I stop sounding like my guy, Stefan Urkel. So we got a lot of stuff coming up in our show today. Um, kind of mix it up a little bit, a little basketball, a little football. Uh, you may, have heard, may not have heard, might not have heard, but uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers finally wrapped up the Eastern Conference Finals, so they are moving on to the NBA Finals, and they will face the Golden State Warriors, so we'll go ahead and talk about that. KD said something crazy, which I I don't agree with, but Jesse obviously does, and we'll go ahead and dive into that this, this hour as well. We're going to talk about the Seahawks and what the hell is going on in Seattle right now. Are they beefing? Are they not beefing? We're still going to have to kind of talk about that celebrations are back in the NFL. A couple people happy about it, a couple coaches not so much. So we got a whole, whole lot. A little basketball, a little football. Mike Vick is thinking about retiring and possibly going to Atlanta to retire his number, which I think is a great idea. But we'll also dive into that. But uh, first, let's, let's go ahead and kind of dive into – and let's, let's just go ahead and, and get it over with because I don't really want to spend too much more time talking, at least until after the finals, uh, about LeBron James and his place in the NBA. Number one, I, I like I said I've I, I watched Michael Jordan. I'm 34 years old. Uh, I was I was in middle school and and elementary school when I you know really got got a chance to see him more so middle school and my freshman year of high school was his 98 year when he you know won his last championship and everything. So I saw Jordan. I saw what he was as a basketball player. However, I see LeBron and what he is as a basketball player, and I'm just a little more impressed what with what that guy can do. I'm not going to go into the is he better is he whatever, but if we're really – if sports is really about the numbers, right, Jesse? That's what we pay attention to most is the numbers. The numbers kind of tell us the story. Is that, it, that, is that fair? Yes. Not all
2: instances, but yeah. It's fair, but it's not fair, yes. That's no, fair it, to it, say, but I would say it's not
0: necessarily fair to the players. So in, mo- in most instances, though, like we look at the numbers of things. And Thursday night – was it Thursday? The Was game three or game six, five? Was that Thursday? I think it was. Either way. LeBron James passed Michael Jordan for number one all time playoff scoring. Um, a couple few years ago, you know, Kobe was third and was like, man, I don't know who's who would ever you know, catch catch that number. And then LeBron just kept passing people. And first it was Kobe, and then it was uh the great um Kareem Abdul Jabbar, whom we never mention as one of the best players in in the NBA, as far as the best player in the NBA, which I think is You know, tragic, but that's that's a whole different story. And then there was the great Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, and LeBron eclipsed him. Now, mind you, it took LeBron an additional thirty games. That it should be noted that it took LeBron those those extra thirty games. But also, it should be noted that you know there was no best of seven series uh, during the first round when Jordan was kind of playing in the playoffs and stuff like that. So just kind of keep that in mind, which is which makes Jordan's scoring feat even more kind of spectacular. But also. It's, it's something to say that, that there's only one dude, maybe two dudes in history that we compare to Jordan. It's been LeBron, it's been Kobe. I think that in itself should tell, should kind of tell the story of where exactly LeBron is in history. There are some people who say, oh, he's he's still not better than Magic. Yes, he is. Magic Johnson was amazing, the best floor general the NBA has ever had, the, one of the best leaders the NBA has ever had. LeBron James is a better basketball player than Magic Johnson. Magic couldn't guard the chair that I'm sitting in right now. More than that, Magic wouldn't guard the chair that I'm sitting in right now. So there's there's that whole thing. There's there's I'm the biggest Kobe fan in the world. Everybody should know it. It's documented. I've said it a million and a half times. LeBron is better than Kobe, and I'm, in every aspect, unquestionably, say, huh? Unquestionably. Uh,
2: It is an. He's not. I don't think
0: he's a better shooter than Kobe was. I think had Kobe just decided. He's not a
2: better shooter than MJ was. But I think that you can. What what you were saying is when when you say he needed thirty more games, but when you look at the numbers, his shooting percentage is better than MJ's was. He has more assists than MJ had over that span, and he had more rebounds. So I mean, more steals. Or blocks. So like, once he's again, better in
0: every single category. Like, I mean, and so that's why I'm like, if the numbers are really supposed to tell a story, and that's the first thing people always jump to is, well, he averaged this, and he's ranked here all the time, and he's this. Well, okay. Well, if that's the case, then he's number one in all of these categories, or at least not number one, but he's better than the number one in all these categories. There is one
2: category, one category that
0: trumps all others that
2: he's not number one in, though. What was that? What's that one? National, or I mean, not national titles, but world championships. It, you, you know, what I'm saying MJ's six or six. You, you look at him; at, he's been to what seven straight now? Uh, seven straight. This is, is it, this is time number eight in the finals for LeBron. But it, you you think about how you know how he's fared. You know, he only has three rings. That's the, that's what everybody points to. It's not fair because it is a team sport. But that's the number one stat that everyone points yeah, to.
0: Yeah, where- I, I, I think it's important to we look at those those teams that Jordan played against. And this is oh, this is going to piss people off so bad right now, but I'm about to go there, bro. How many championships did the the 91 92 Blazers win? I mean, they were a really really good team, and I think everybody either left or retired shortly shortly after uh, that series. How many championships did that Phoenix Suns team win? What about that Seattle Supersonics team, or that great Utah team? But the problem Zero. is, yeah, exactly it, because it, they were going. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, but no, no, no. But those, but they had their shot though. Jordan, if if that's the case, man, they had their shot for two years, and Akeem said, no, I'll take those. And Akeem beat the Shaquille O'Neal, made Shaq look not pedestrian because Shaq still averaged like 28 and 12, but still, he he son Shaq he made him look really, really small at that point which is which is still at this point really un nobody's seen that and Shaq will still tell you that Akim Olajuwon is the best player that I ever played against he made me look weak and that's exactly what it was but that's not to say that they didn't have their opportunities and their shots so they they definitely did weren't able to capitalize so that's that's all I'm saying lebron at least beat that detroit team broke them up beat the, the old boston victory broke them up uh Beat the uh, OKC. He beat the top. Nobody says this. This is where everybody kind of forgets. That Oklahoma City team, Harden top five, Westbrook top five, Durant obviously top two. Beat them. You know but what I'm saying? Harden beat them, beat them was not top
2: five at that point. But Westbrook was not top five at that point. Durant was the only one that was a top five player on that team that's, at that that's point. That's very in time. true.
0: But at that, but at that same time, James Harden left and
2: averaged but, 25 the next but, year. So that that's fine. But once again, you're working with young guys. You're you're talking about. Uh, you're comparing once again, when when you say how many uh, championships did that Blazer team went, you're right. That was an older team. That was a veteran laden team with an older Clyde Drexler, an older Terry Porter. You know what I'm saying? So, so when you think about it now, you're talking about a young team and a young team trying to get over the hump. Durant was still young at that point in his career. And then you have these, uh, your, your best two other players are, Supremely young at that point in their careers, and you think about it, how veterans win championships at this level, and Absolutely. that's the one thing they didn't have to get there. Absolutely. So, but
0: and also you're talking about a, a and we have to, we're going to get ready to wrap up. But you're also talking about a Miami team who had just lost to Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavericks, a team that knew that they they could not go in there and lose a second one in a row at least not with this team that they play.
2: And you had a guy in LeBron James who had been to multiple um, NBA finals. You had a guy in Dwayne Wade who had already won an NBA title. Um, you have a guy in Chris Bosh that was hungry, that was just putting up numbers in Toronto but not winning. Like, you had a lot of hungry players on that NBA team and a really nice balance of talent and depth and and obviously elite
0: talent in the NBA as well. well either way, LeBron can say he beat him. So can LeBron say... That he beat Golden State twice? We'll talk about it. That's coming up next right here on Sports Sunday, 1080 The Fan.
1: Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
0: 917 here on your Sunday morning as we get ready for the Indy 500. Shout out to Big Soup, who I think is out there. I think he kissed the bricks. Is that what I heard? Did oh, you hear
2: that? I, I didn't hear that part. No.
0: That's what um if you could go to any sporting event, you only get one though. You know, so um I let's say a game seven, Super Bowl. Um, I think we'll take the Masters out. I think that's what most guys would kind of choose is the opportunity to go to the Masters, at least for one of those days, particularly the last day. So let's go ahead and take the Masters out because I think that's kind of cheating. Um, What event would you go to? I think, uh, because I don't know. I've been to some NASCAR... I've uh, been to Vegas. You know, I lived in Vegas for a long time, so um, I went to. Uh, and I'm forgive me. I can't remember which race it was, but it was awesome. And every single time they went past, you could feel it. Um, all the chicks were drunk. There were tons of boobs that were just exposed. Like it was, it was a great time. Like if any guy just wants an opportunity to to have some fun, you know, with a bunch of good old boys, man, that was that was actually kind of kind of dope. Not a lot of brothers up there at the at the NASCAR tracks, but it was fun nonetheless. Yeah, I can't.
2: Um, I mean, you want to say, like, oh, the Super Bowl or national title game or something like that, but, I mean, those, those are, could be bust. I, I, honestly, I think the Super Bowl has to be one of the most overrated live because finales you the, of a you, season You run ever. the
0: risk of it being just a, a huge blowout. Like, very – I mean, now, mind you, you also – you get a chance to see, like, a, a great comeback like you saw in this past one, but then you see, like, the Seahawks – uh, Broncos one yeah. where there's just a huge oh. blowout or yeah. the Buccaneers versus one, the Raiders right. where yeah. it's just no, I'm just saying that, that <laughs> was the most recent blowout that we could think of so um, but the NBA Finals is always good I mean well it depends you'll get a blowout then somebody will respond with the blowout and then you'll get a couple close games in between there but um, I, last year it, it came down to game seven and
2: I, I think game seven is like uh, you know what probably well, let's go here Game seven NHL Finals.
0: That's uh, that's good. That, I'll take that. There we go. Yeah, yeah that's that. it, right there. Yeah, N- NHL. If you have been watching, have been phenomenal. Sorry, NBA, but you've been blown out of the water. So you better respond with this NBA Finals. But I think this NBA Finals is going to be good, just because this is the ultimate rubber match. I'm, I can't remember, and mind you, I'll look it up. But who are the who's the last team to meet in the finals three years in a row? Now, we've seen it happen, you know, obviously uh, we've seen it twice in a row with uh, the Bulls and the Jazz, and then we've seen it with, um, obviously last year with Golden State and the Cavaliers, but I I can't think of a team or two teams that have met in the finals three years in a row. So this will be the ultimate, ultimate rubber match. I'm looking forward to it. There's one, one thing has changed from last year, and that's the fact that um, Golden State, First, they lost a bunch of people, and you lose a guy like Harrison Barnes, who had an okay season in Dallas. Dallas wasn't very good this year, but Harrison Barnes shows that he can be a really good player in, in this league. You get Kevin Durant, though, and then from there you just you take off. And you lose Kevin Durant for some games, and then you kind of figure out that old magic, and that that initial big three from Golden State kind of held it down. KD comes, comes back. It's like they never missed a beat, and now they're marching all the way to the NBA Finals, with an undefeated record they passed the 2001 lakers that won 11 straight so here they're coming into the finals unblemished against a team that really lost one game and and they lost that game because boston's emotional leader isaiah thomas who has been in my opinion the story of the NBA of the nba playoffs this year like without isaiah thomas i think this playoffs is incredibly uninteresting um i thought john wall had a lot to do with the playoffs being uh really good this year He he was pretty electric but for the most part, Isaiah Thomas and what he's gone through with his sister and with his, you know, and his family and still being able to come out and perform the way he has, clearly he's 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 the real MVP. So, I mean, shout out to Isaiah and, man, hopefully the best things happen for him over the summer with his contract situation. But then I look over at the Cleveland Cavaliers and say, man, am I mad at a team for losing one game? I mean, really, it was a letdown game and they they shouldn't let it happen. But am I really mad at them? I don't think so. Cleveland let one go. And the one thing they've been showing all year is that, man, they don't really care about some of the games. This is all just – the whole resting the season, LeBron not playing some games, this was, it was all preparation for this moment, for these next four to seven games. That's, that's all that was. And so how, how dumb does Cleveland look now for, not, for resting their guys how dumb does Golden State look now for resting their guys against San Antonio on that Saturday night game? I mean, they're, they're all in the playoff. They're all in the finals, and they're all fresh and ready to go. Steph right now averaging 28 and a half, 28 and a half points. Uh, what, eight assists or five assists, five rebounds. Steph is playing as well as you've seen Steph Curry play all year. He's he's eclipsed what he's been scoring for the for the year. He looks like the Steph Curry that won the MVP. That's scary. KD is averaging twenty five seven, twenty five and seven. He looks like the Kevin Durant that we've been seeing all year. Uh, Clay Thompson is probably th- th- he's probably going to be the most important player in this series. Now I think Draymond Green is clearly the most important player on the team, but I think they're going to need Klay scoring. Clay right now is averaging fourteen. He I think he's going to need to do a little bit more. Um, Draymond is about he's averaging about thirteen. Seven eight rebounds, six assists. That's that. Grayman doesn't need to do any more than what he's does. He's doing all right. Right now, I think Clay Thompson is the guy that if he doesn't come through for Golden State, I think they're going to have a tough time. Their bench isn't as good as it was last year. Now, mind you, they have some guys. The Ian Clark, I think is his name. He's he's a he's a good guy off the bench. Uh, Who's the other guy with the tiny shorts? All these all these young dudes wear super small shorts. They're back to the Stockton era. I'm sure John Stockton is looking somewhere proud right now, but. I don't think their bench is as deep as they have been. And I just honestly, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are a little bit tougher than Golden State is. I think that Golden State's toughness lies with Draymond Green. If Draymond, for whatever reason, can't be there and we've seen him pop off and get himself suspended and we've seen him, you know, get himself ejected from games, if he can hold his head, then I think the Golden State Warriors will be fine because they need his toughness on the floor. That's what happened to them last year. Cleveland just got – or excuse me, Golden State just got bullied the entire time. There was nothing that, that – every time that Golden State tried to counter with some finesse and jump shots, Cleveland just put it down their throat, stop us at the basket, and they couldn't do it. I th- I think you're looking at a team in the Golden State Warriors
2: that have been listening to that all year, uh, have had a chip on their shoulder since they had a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals last year and lost it you're looking at a team that i mean possibly is better than last year's I, I mean the record doesn't say it but when you look at them playing in the in the playoffs it does say that and you think about it i think you're right on hit the nail around on top of the head with clay thompson you, lebron james is probably the best defender in the league because he's the best player in the league and and, and that's just what he is, but he's going to slow down Kevin Durant. There is no question about that. Kevin Durant's not going to have that easy 35 that he's been having Absolutely the entire, not. um, in the entirety of the playoffs. So Steffel will, will step up. But once again, I also look at it as he's going to have a tough time too. He's got a decent defender on him. Um, Clay Thompson's the guy. He's the guy that has to kind of pick up that guy. I mean, he, I'm going to, he, Probably needs to be averaging about twenty to twenty-four points a game in this series in order for Golden State to have that that chance to kind of you know, raise the trophy once
0: more. So the guy from Cleveland I'm looking at though that that needs to be a force. It needs to be a force early. Um, and it really has to rebound from uh, what I consider a, a crap NBA Finals he had last year, and that's Kevin Love. Last year in the NBA Finals, Kevin Kevin Love averaged eight and a half points and six and a half rebounds those are not Kevin Love numbers even a little bit currently in the in the playoffs he's averaging 17 and 10 that's about what he what he averaged during the season so that's exactly what you're going to need from him every night and really i think you're going to need to see some of those nights you're going to have to have one of those 20 point and 15 rebound nights Kevin Love because otherwise Draymond Green is just going to eat you up down there now mind you he's a he's a guy that like he does all of his damage underneath the basket whether it's rebounding whether it's putbacks um Draymond Green is much better. Really, I'll be honest. He's much better than I gave him credit for. I've always kind of dumped on Draymond because I think he's just a dude that talks a lot and he just he's really, you know, fortunate to be on the team that he's on. I think if he played for Milwaukee, we wouldn't talk about him. If he played for Minnesota, who would be very good at that point, I don't think we would talk about him. He'd just be another guy. But because he plays for Golden State, I think he's able to do some additional talking that kind of rubs me the wrong way. That being said... Down low, he gives Kevin Love a problem. Down low, he gave Paul Gasol Gasol and LaMarcus Aldridge problems. And LaMarcus Aldridge, we considered the best power forward in the the NBA for a little stretch, you know, at least up until he went to San Antonio. And that was a guy that he made him look insignificant. He made him look as big as LaMarcus was. He made him look small. And if Kevin Love isn't the physical Kevin Love that we used to see in Minnesota, then I don't know how successful they're going to be as far as beating that
2: team. Well, when I look at, at Draymond Green, you're you're looking at a guy who um you're you're looking at a guy who had a chip on his shoulder coming into the NBA. He was drafted in the second round. Uh obviously a diamond in the rough. And you're right when you say he's the attitude of that team, he's the heart of that team. Um and that's part of what what gives all of these guys problems. I think once you get to this next level and you have all of these elite players, everybody at that level has the ability to be i would say great that you're a you're a very small fraction minute part of this entire world you're you're one of a handful of people that can make it to the nba y'all have a talent it's it's just a matter of will it's a matter of working at it every day like tom brady who doesn't you know put anything in his body that's not good for it that he, that's part of what makes him great he he lives the life of a winner when you Think about Draymond Green. He's not the biggest. He's not the tallest. But I'll tell you what, he wants it more. Absolutely. And in the NBA, when you want it more, that can be all the difference in the world. And when when you bring up names like Kevin Love and um, LaMarcus Aldridge, I think of guys that have always throughout their career kind of at, at the biggest moments fallen short. And I think that's because they don't want it more than the guy
0: that they're playing against. Should I think we got more to talk about for the NBA Finals? We're going to talk a little bit more about the NBA Finals when we come back. What exactly can Cleveland do to stop Golden State? Will they stop Golden State? We'll talk about it when we come back. But first,
1: Jesse has sports. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080, The Fan.
0: Nine thirty-four. This beautiful Sunday. I I assume it's still beautiful outside. What's the weather like right now? Hold on, let's see. Currently it is at sixty four degrees in your fair city. Sixty six degrees now, with a high of eighty seven today. Should be really nice. I'm looking forward to getting back out there. I went out yesterday, worked on my tan. Uh trying not to get too too dark. You better not try to get too dark either, Jesse get pulled over all the time and stuff. It's not cool. No,
2: I, I actually do tan up pretty good. Think, uh Thankfully, the, the native side of me keeps me from burning.
0: So no, well,
2: I, I tan up pretty good.
0: Well, that's good. Well, yeah. That's good. So talking more about the NBA Finals, though, on this beautiful Sports Sunday, interact with us on the Bridgeport Beers text line, 55305, let us know what you think. I was just saying and during the commercial break, so there are two dudes that have the blueprint, as far as beating okay or beating golden state one of them plays for okc now or one of them plays for golden state now played against them in okc the other one is lebron my question is there's no playoff blueprint right now for how to beat the golden state warriors nobody's been able to do it typically during the playoffs you have one game you're able to go back and look at like i'm pretty sure golden state's looking at game 4 of their of the cleveland series against boston as far as how we, how they did it. Even without an Isaiah Thomas on the floor, what were they able to do to slow down LeBron and force him into his 11 points or uh, 12 or whatever whatever it was that he had? I'm curious. Like, I, I, I don't know what you do to beat Golden State. Like, it's easy to say out-tough them and kind of rough them up and everything, but, I mean, that's hard to do with a team that can shoot from 35 feet away. Oh. Like, everybody on the team is an incredible marksman. You know, even Draymond Green has had games in the playoffs where he just hasn't missed three-pointers. He's uh, he's clearly been working on it. But it's I'm I'm curious like how how do you beat a team that shoots so well and more than that they have so many guys that can shoot. So they continue to move the ball around the perimeter and like whoever's open uh, shoot the ball and typically it's going to go in. Like what do you what do you do to 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 beat this team? And then oh, once you once they're hitting the shots they're taking you off the dribble. You know, Kevin Durant is taking you off a pump fake. Clay Thompson has the quickest release in in the NBA, and so once he starts, you know, pumping right and left, there's there's not much you can do about that. Like, what do you do to keep this team at bay? And honestly, I don't think you can. I I think what makes it really
2: difficult is you can come up with that game plan. I think for a game, and I think why I say that is I I think what it takes to beat the golden state warriors is a ridiculous amount of energy and effort on the defensive side. And when you watch NBA basketball, and I'm going to, I'm going to liken this to what I like about college basketball and what I don't like about the NBA basketball um, is that you don't see necessarily those guys hiking up the shorts and tightening up the space in between players and, and really making things uncomfortable for shooters. They, they, they'll give them a space. They'll give them an arm length of space. And when you when you're doing that with a guy like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, that's more than enough space. You need to make you need to take the shooting space away from these guys. And and that that takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of effort. And to do that through a seven game series, you're not gonna sweep these guys. So doing that through a seven game series is a ridiculous amount of energy. Now what I say about that is it's a seven game series and then your season's over so buck up, you know, play some dang defense tighten it up but that's that's my complaint about the nba is you might see one guy doing
0: that you might see two guys doing that but you don't see a team and that's and that's why i think what's what's interesting about cleveland is because they got a ton of guys that can do that you know you look at Shumpert and what he's able to bring defensively you look at jr smith and what he's able to bring defensively and for jr good de- his great defense for him usually leads to great offense he's a he's a confidence guy so once, so once he gets that nice block or once he gets that good steal and a nice bang out on the other end, Jr.'s confidence starts going through the roof. And now you want him taking those fall-away-to-the-left three-pointers that he likes to do because you know he's shooting that with extreme confidence. He's one of those guys that does that. Shumpert is also one of those guys that his defense leads to great offense for him. He's not going to be able to create for himself. And when he does, it's usually good. But he's not one of those guys that – you can just come in and expect him to score. Like I think he, if he gets right into Klay Thompson, or if he gets right into Steph Curry, or whomever he's guarding, and I think if he makes some things defensively happen, then his confidence is going to go through the roof. Because the one thing that Cleveland is, is they're much bigger than Golden State. Now Golden State, obviously, they're you know they might be quicker and everything, but those Cleveland, J.R. Smith is we forget man, dude, six 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 seven. He's not small. You know, Iman Shumpert is 6'7". He's not small. You know, LeBron, who's probably going to be guarding uh, KD, and I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on Steph at points just because Steph is just a more electric shooter. Man, these guys aren't little. You know, and then you bring in a a Tristan Thompson who's probably going to be the biggest man on the floor for either team. You know, and mind you, take away JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee hasn't had... To really see a, a, a legit big man, yes, I'm saying LaMarcus Aldridge did not play like a legit big man in their series against the Golden State Warriors. LaMarcus Aldridge was pedestrian. Paul Gasol turned reverted right back to Paul Gasoft. I haven't I haven't seen that dude since the 2009 or 2008 playoffs against Boston. So this is the first time they're going to go against guys that really bang and really like to get in there and get kind of physical. And I'm curious of how much that's going to Way on Golden State and really their like kind of fragility.
2: Well, you know one thing you can say about Golden State is is they're used to being the smaller team because they play a lot of small ball. When you when you talk about Draymond Green, who's you know kind of teetering between that six eight six nine area and he's your center, they play small ball. Like those guys are uh, KD six eleven. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's that your biggest guy is your wingman. So like, um, so we Don't forget about Zaza Pachulia. Yeah. Uh, I kind of
0: like to forget about him. Just watch your ankles around.
2: Right. Yeah. See, and there we go. That's what, that's what they need to do. Go and go and trip up Steph, take out his ankles. And that's how you beat Golden State. Well, knocking on wood, because
0: I do not want to see Steph Curry not play. No, either do I. But we'll, I will say this before I get, before we get ready to, to break. This is an important NBA finals for Steph Curry. He's played in two of them. And the first one, he didn't walk away with the finals MVP. Second one, he, if had they won, he wouldn't have walked away with it again. I think to be in that pantheon of like great players, of great all-time players, you've got to walk away with one of those finals MVPs. If this is supposed to be your team, Kobe, for the, for the three championships he won with Shaq, those MVPs went to Shaq. They should have because Shaq was that dominant. Kobe got his own opportunity to go with his team. He made sure those MVPs belong to him. LeBron, when he gets to the finals, man, those those MVPs belong to him. Steph Curry needs to put his stamp on the NBA finals because so far he hasn't done it. Now, he's been the best scorer on his team, and that's to be said when you shoot a lot of threes and you shoot a a bunch of them. But he shot 38% last year in the the playoffs from three. That's not what Steph Curry typically does. Now, mind you, most people would be uh, – Ecstatic to shoot 38% from three. Not Steph, though. He was he's, hobbled up last year, though. He was. He was. And Ky- I call- thought Kyrie Irving, who's not a great defender, did a really good job as far as staying in front of Steph and making things difficult for him. He has to come out and show that this is indeed his team. With Kevin Durant, with all these other guys, you are still that unanimous MVP that
2: everybody thought you were. See, that's the one thing that about Golden State that I've always – I don't know, where they go against the grain. I don't, I, it I is Steph's team, but this team has always acted like more of a team than we're going to just give it to Steph all the time. Steph, when he gets hot, they just keep feeding him. But the fact of the matter is, is you're going to have nights where uh, Steph's the guy, where KD's the guy, where Clay's the guy. They're better at sharing the spotlight than anybody in the NBA they f- are. across the roster. And that that in itself, hurts Steph getting that, that MVP in the finals, but even if he
0: doesn't get it this year,
2: he's going to have more opportunities.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you, you, one would hope that he has more opportunities because you do still have to pay all those guys in and and, uh, Oakland, and I think that could be a problem. Coming a lot up. of them already got paid. The one that hasn't gotten paid is Steph, and is when Steph. they asked him about
2: it, he said, hey, you know what? Eh, well, Steph I'm making rich, money so still. We'll yeah, see.
0: Yeah. Alright, coming up next. Um... NFL celebrations are back. Break out your popcorn, your Sharpies, your pom-poms. It's going down. We're going to talk about that next, right here on Sports Sunday, 1080 The Fan.
1: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
0: 947 right here on Sports Sunday. Shout out to Mike Lynch. He's at the beach, I heard. I thought he was in Jersey. I was going to ask him to bring me a sandwich back from Wawa, but it's all good. Bring me back some saltwater taffy, my guy. Actually, don't bring me back any saltwater taffy. Taffy's disgusting. Overrated. It's disgusting. I don't know why people eat it. Who likes taffy? It's like, who likes black licorice? Now, mind you, taffy doesn't add some of it tastes like that, but... There are certain candies, and I'm just like, who eats this? Like, cinnamon disc. Old people. Why, though? Like, there's much tastier candies than cinnamon disc.
2: But that's what they got into when they were kids. And, you know, they're in. At the malt shop? Yeah. And eventually these candies are going to go away because we're going to demand it.
0: (laughs) They've been around for a long time. Like, I mean. For the old people. uh, That's super gross. Uh, we got a text here on the Bridgeport Beers text line uh, in regards to the uh, NBA Finals. Kevin Durant changed this matchup considerably from the standpoint as he's going to free up, or he's going to be guarded by LeBron. This is going to free up Steph Curry to go off. Steph has never been good in the finals because LeBron has shut down. I I, I agree. You know LeBron has kind of put clamps on in last year. Um, uh, Kyrie put clamps on, which is which is really weird to say because Kyrie is not really a defender, but the entire time he had Steph Curry kind of locked up and made it difficult for him. And then he also had him on skates on the defensive end. You remember how Cleveland won the championship last year was basically Kyrie creating some space and pulling up in Steph's face for for the W. Now you thought things would go the other way and it would be Steph that'd be pulling up for Kyrie for the W for the for the shot. It didn't work out like that. So that's from P1 Dustin. Good luck for that, my guy. But yeah, man, I I, I think you're that's has a lot to do with it. And Kevin Durant is gonna he could go off in this series, like I, I think. I think there's there might be some matchup problems just because there's four of them. You know, there's four guys from from Golden State that can really score and know how to score, and um, th- this could this could be potentially a problem for Cleveland. So if they they need a fourth guy to step up, and at all, I keep thinking, what if Andrew Bogut was playing? What does that do to the Cleveland Cavaliers right now if Andrew Bogut is actually in their lineup? Like, how how much tougher does that make them, you know, going against this this Golden State team? Andrew Bogan. Didn't man, he break his leg or something this year? Like, the first series that he left, like the first minute and a half he got on the floor for them. So, I like don't know was, if he would be in this series. No, no, Sam, but let's just go ahead and say he he didn't break his leg back in um, February or March or whenever whenever he came on the team. What does that do to to this Cleveland team now? I think that instantly makes them the favorite. Just because now you got Tristan Thompson and Bogut down low where it, which is a, a clear area of need for Golden State at this point. Like I, I think you, it would be a much different story. And I, I, do I think they would be uh, an extreme favorite, like by ten points? No, but I, I could see them being a, a, a three to four point favorite if Golden State, or excuse me, if Cleveland actually had um, Andrew Bogut going into the series. I think it could be much different. And we kind of forget that Bogut almost well. I don't want to say he played. He was on the court for a minute. Uh, he didn't do nothing. I don't think he got a rebound or assist or really anything. He just he kind of got on the floor and then like, instantly broke. broke his leg. Yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> so if you haven't heard though, man, in the NFL, some some good news. It's it is no longer the no fun league. They bought the fun back, and I'm pretty sure Antonio Brown is going to bring some sexy back because the celebrations are back. Um, like I said, man, the popcorn is back. And break out your sharpies and you can use the the ball as a phone and all type of things. And I'll be honest, I'm low-key, I'm low-key happy about it. I'm just because number one, I'm just tired of watching the news or watching SportsCenter Center or whatever, you know, sports outlet you watch, and seeing people complain about dudes dabbing and seeing people complain about Aaron Rodgers do his, you know, uh discount double check or whatever the case is. So I'm glad that it's finally over you know we can kindly finally get back to watching dudes have fun you know and so as as i look up some some articles there are some guys some coaches who aren't as happy with the changes one being uh cincinnati bengals head coach marvin lewis he says <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah right and that's the first thing I'm like oh well, marvin lewis what you're mad about celebrations and he's like, I'm not a fan of it. You know, I want it to go away and it should be about it should be about the team and not individuals. And I totally understand. Yes, you're absolutely right, because the teams get six points when somebody scores a touchdown. Absolutely. But it's also about having fun too. Like if it takes you, you know, eighty yards and I don't know, let's say let's say seven minutes, six minutes to drive up the field and score a touchdown. Man, let me take my seven seconds to myself and say, and pat myself on the back, give myself to Barry Horowitz and say, good job to me. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. And so I'm glad that it's back. And I'm glad that people are, or at least the commissioners decided not to be so rigid on this. There's so many problems in the NFL. We talk about it all the time from concussions to domestic, you know, domestic violence and their stance there. Um, We I think this is one of the small things that the NFL has just kind of decided to let go. And to that, I say, bravo, because it should be fun. Sunday should be fun. And I'm down for seeing a good celebration. I like them as long as uh, we were
2: having this conversation at the break. I like them after touchdowns. After sacks, big moments, um, big fourth and 22 conversion, you know, like, that that's a moment to celebrate. Getting a first down on a third and two, don't, don't pull out your bow and arrow, Brandon Cooks, or... Third and you know. two. Was it a big third and two? Uh, no, like, is it going to put him in no, field goal range? No, it doesn't matter at this point. No, like, the, the, we're talking, like, like... It does it. We're talking importance here, like celebrating a, a, a conversion after a two yard conversion or whatever. That's that. That's what do, you're doing your job now getting in the end zone. Once again, you're doing your job, but it's a big moment of the game. There's a minute amount, minute amount of those moments that you're going to get as a player getting in the end zone, You know, getting in the end zone 12 times a year is a big accomplishment as an NFL player. That's only 12 celebrations. You're not even celebrating once a week at that point. You want to do a quick? what We were talking about this. You want to do a quick fist pump for you know getting the first down, whatever. That's
0: that's cool. How's because, a fist bump any different than me doing the Brandon Cooks doing the bow and arrow? It's still the same celebration. Just not. the swag is different. Uh, no, just no. the swag is different. It's, it's the
2: same celebration. It's not the same thing. It is of not course. the same thing. It is I, I, not if, at all. Not to mention by the way. Is the same not as to a, mention a, the bow and arrow is not legal still. Is not legal. It's not legal because oh. it's considered a weapon. Weapon things are not considered. Anything resembling a weapon Yeah, I don't think that. Either. I don't think
0: that's part of the. It, hopefully, that's the. I you know I'm honest, I, I couldn't find the actual, what the new rules are going to be. And so, if somebody knows what those new rules are going to be, please hit us back on the Bridgeport Beers text line five five three zero five. I haven't actually any article I've seen doesn't explain exactly. What's going to constitute as an uh, okay and fair celebration and what's over the line? Actually I actually watched a
2: video on it, and the bow and arrow is considered still against the rules. And it was last year. Now, they didn't enforce it in every game. They had a force against Josh Norman. They wouldn't force it against Brandon Cooks. Don't know why. But it, th- the fact of the matter is that it was still illegal. Um, and Brandon Cook still did it, oh, well, but and he did it after every single play or every uh, single catch or whatever. It's like congratulations, yeah, you got a catch, well, Brandon. Is
0: Brandon Cooks one of the best receivers in the
2: league? It doesn't matter to me that like you could be like I think so. Like, I and, Antonio Brown doesn't do the cha-cha after every catch. He does it when he gets in the end zone.
0: No, yeah, and my I'm like I'm just I'm kind of messing with you right now because I know you get fired up. With no, that's good. But it, the truth, but the the, the the truth is like I, I mean really, I. I I don't know what the difference is between somebody pu- doing a, a fist pump and saying, Hell yeah, and somebody doing a bow and arrow and saying, I got it too. So it doesn't really A celebration's a celebration. I don't really care one way or the other. Again, well when it's, when it's super excessive. I, I think people are gonna to disagree su- with you on no, the no, no, celebration's again, a celebration. Again, again, when it's when it's super excessive. I mean, really, as long as you're not being disrespectful to anybody, I don't have a problem with it. But when it's like when if it when when it's every play, I agree with you. When it's every like Down that doesn't get you a first down, like, there are a lot of guys that, you know, get two yards and get up, you know, nodding their heads. Like, you got two yards, bro. Like, I mean, get six yards, and then I get up and kind of say you did something. In, In that instance, yes, I agree with you. It shouldn't be every, but if it's a big first down that you just got and you just really, like, you trucked past somebody or you ran an amazing route to get said first down, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you. And listen, it's competition, baby. It's no different well, than us playing us playing Monopoly and me going, "Ha! You land on my property, pay up, bro, dab." You know, there's no difference. You know, we're, it's it's competition.
2: Well, there's two things I got for you here. One. One is you brought up also why do people hate Cam because of the dab and the Superman thing? Well, because yeah, Cam did the dab stuff. after every dang play. Uh, like He'd be like, better. I just ran my two yards and look at me. You couldn't stop me because I fell forward for three because he's such a big dude. That's I'm going to dab. Hey. Like he dabbed after every play. That's why people hate it. You dab it and you get in the end zone. You do your Superman thing you get in the end zone. Cool. Cam well, didn't dab, do it all after every play. Camden
0: dab all season. Cam didn't dab all season. He no, exactly.
2: because no, he retired it the year before. He, it, d- he didn't dab all season. He didn't dab all season because you know what? He realized how stupid it was. You know, and that that once again shows maturity. And they had a trashy,
0: And they had a terrible year.
2: Does it doesn't matter? Or what he, they had a terrible year because he didn't dab? Maybe. I don't think so, Maybe. bro. He I think went they away had from- a terrible year because Rivera's one of the most overrated coaches in football. No, Rivera's. A- yeah. No, Rivera's overrated. Oh no, if he's. Overrated. Oh my he's gosh, okay. he's, he's overrated. Consistently
0: had, he's consistently he- had a good defense. Uh, he, he, he he's shown that he can have a, a really good offense, and that was Sands. Uh, I, I think Eshu had a –
2: it's the same thing as – it's like the same thing as San Francisco. They were really good for two years when nobody could figure out Colin Kaepernick and he was running loose, but then everybody figured out, oh, well, Colin Kaepernick's going to break if we keep running him this way. Colin Kaepernick's not an awful quarterback, but he's not this uh, unstoppable force that he was for yeah, two years. Cam is going to be the same thing the, because Cam – they already started it last year – Halfway through the season, we can't let our quarterback keep taking these hits. They started pulling the reins back on using him as a running back, more pedestrian. That's because his
0: offensive line was, was absolute mm. trash. That's because, yeah, that was, that's just being, that's just being real. They were absolute trash, and they were getting killed. But at the same time, Cam is nowhere near uh, a Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick was a situation where you had a freak athlete at the, court, at the quarterback position that couldn't play quarterback. Cam is a guy that can make every throw. He can, but, he, can, but he can do that. He if can he needs.
2: do that. He can he can make a lot of these throws. Yes, he can make all of these throws. But he also proved last year he can miss on all of these throws as well. He was not an accurate quarterback last year as they tried to settle him down in the pocket and yeah, they try to keep him from being as
0: active of a running quarterback. And again, I think a lot of that came from his offensive line woes. A lot of that was the fact that he actually had to you know to take a, I'm going to say a little more of a, of the the running game. But yeah, they kind of tried to use him a lot more. As a runner this year, and people were people were ready for it. Especially because for Cam and the Carolina Panthers, you know, you had a lot of game film on them. You had some 15 and 1 game film on there. You can see exactly what they do well, you and got, you can also see what they did bad in the Super Bowl. You so got,
2: you got game film on Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski absolutely. every year. But you know what? Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, and Tom Brady run through that division and run through the AFC every year. That they that do. only matters so much. And, well, and the fact of the matter is, Cam Newton is not Tom Brady. No, of course not. That's that's not fair. Nobody is. But once again, what made him great in that 15-1 and season was his ability to dominate you on the ground. And that's fine. The problem is he needs to be able to dominate you from the pocket too because otherwise you don't have people that are going to respect you as a quarterback and they're going
0: to be able to take you away. But again, and I don't know we have to get ready to break at the same time. Cam was protected by an offensive line at that point. Cam had at least some, some good playmakers, or at least at the time we didn't think we were good playmakers on the outside, but guys that were able to get things done for him last year. Last year, all of that went away. Where was the defense? Where was all those things that worked so well for the Carolina Panthers the year prior to take them to 15 and one, for whatever reason, worked against them the next year. So I'm glad that we're talking about football, man. We're going to go ahead and keep it with football because coming up next, we're going to talk about what the hell is going on in Seattle, and with the Seattle Seahawks. That's coming up next, right here, Sports Sunday, 1080 The Fan.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too
2: with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.